The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gillen. Hey friends, and welcome back to another edition of Afternoons with Mike, heard here on the Shepherd Radio Network in Orlando, Ocala, the Villages, and in Gainesville, wherever you might be. You might be listening on our podcast. We're glad to have you along. Well, there's a lot of buzz going on in the country today about an an event that began last Wednesday in a chapel service at Asbury College. Asbury is a uh, college in Lexington. It's a uh, theological seminary, and it is um, it's something that's happened actually before Uh, a move of God inexplicably breaks out unexpectedly. In, in, a, in this way, in this manner, I mean, I, every time we gather in a church, we should be expecting to receive something from the Lord, no doubt. But this is above and beyond that. And on the phone with me today, I have Pastor Bill Eliff. He is the founding and national engaged pastor at the Summit Church in North Little Rock, Arkansas. He also is the pastor church director for One Cry, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. So this man has not only a great pastoral heart, but a love for revivals and a desire as what we've been talking about for a long time, a a move of God and an awakening here in our country. It is so great to have you. Bill, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. I'm I'm, uh, so glad to be with you and and really excited to see what God is doing in Asbury. And uh, we came, we came on Friday night after hearing about it uh, as it began on Wednesday, and have been here for the last two and a half days. My goodness, the the event. Tell us a little bit about what happens when you go through the doors. I mean, we all, like I said in the introduction, we should all expect a move of God in our hearts and in our minds. But this is uh, above and beyond what would be, I think, the norm for most people's experience. You know, what's fascinating is uh, (laughs) as you walk up the steps to Hughes Auditorium, uh, if you're expecting, you know, for a blast to come out from the doors of Shekinah glory, I, you know, uh, it's not that, uh, you walk into at times, uh, different measure of crowds in the morning. It grows in the afternoons at night. It's absolutely packed. You can't, you can't get in. In fact, they've opened up a, a additional auditorium at the seminary right across the street last night. Uh, but what you encounter is a very, very, real sense of the thick presence of God. Mm. Uh, But what's fascinating to me has been, uh, I don't know how to say this. It's not, it's not weird. It's not fantastical. Uh, It's just the quiet order of, of this movement. Uh, And I think there's some reasons for that. I've been, I've been writing on that a little bit just to try to capture uh, some of that, but it's just like a glorious worship service as we would imagine in heaven, uh, united by every tribe, tongue, and nation, and and uh, and filled with the presence of God, mm-hmm. and 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 things happening. I, I think I think the difference is in it's in its intensity, and it's its simplicity, its humility, and of course, in that it just, no one wants to leave. And so it's just extended. You know, what you describe, it does sound glorious. It sounds awesome because it's not just something of a physical spectacle or an emotional outburst. It's not that. It's this thick presence, the very tangible presence that you're describing of the of the presence of God and what it is doing, what it is producing to people's hearts, it's causing them to be broken inside. 
And that that is a, a real mark, I believe, of of revival is when people began to recognize their need for God and their need for repentance, and that causes a commensurate, causes a commensurate brokenness in our hearts that that uh, opens the door for more of the yeah. same, right? Well, that's exactly right, and and I think, you know, we never give God time. We we say, you know, in a worship service, we say, "Oh God, you've got till twelve o'clock, and then we're out of here." Uh, we say, "Hey, stand up and lead us in a minute of prayer." That little phrase is fascinating when we're walking into the presence of the God who made us, uh, or we say, I've, "I've got about ten minutes to do my quiet time this morning," and then. God, I've got a very busy day. Well, when when you when you sit in Hughes Auditorium and there's a lot of waiting, a lot of silence, a lot of worship that's going on there, you just realize the reason we don't hear hear God is we're not listening, mm-hmm. and and we don't we don't wait on the Lord like David instructed us to do uh, in the Scripture, and therefore we don't find Him, you know. Uh, the Lord said, seek me and seek me with all your heart. You'll find me, but we're really not seeking well. And um, uh, so uh, I think what's marked this, you know, what's interesting is as they tell the story of what happened last Wednesday is that a, a pastor spoke about the lack of real genuine love and the hypocrisy of our self-absorbed love and then at the close just invited anyone who wanted to stay further and pursue the love of god they they went on to class 20 students stayed and just began to worship the lord and pray Mm -hmm. and as the afternoon progressed that grew and grew until there were hundreds of students and then it just kept going and uh it has not stopped uh you know for these first five days and it doesn't look like there's an end in sight much to me uh but they're they're giving the lord space and time what's what's also beautiful to me is that they are being shepherded by very wise uh pastors and leaders here at asbury They've been through this before, and they understand. And so there's this uh, humble, quiet uh, leadership that's happening. They'll step up to the microphone and give some instruction, and and we'll move to a time of prayer or a time of testimony or a time of worship. But it's not this. It's not a kind of wild and crazy free for all. It's uh, it's just a very there's preaching, you know. I saw on on uh, on social media some self-appointed critics, you know, who are not here, <laughs> who right. who are saying, oh, you know, this this guy's preaching and there's no preaching happening and all these things. They're, they're just completely not true. And and they and coming out of the presence of God last night and. And looking at social media and here and seeing that, what a contrast in the arrogance of that and the humility that's happening in that auditorium. It was was glaring. So this was going on even on Super Bowl Sunday and throughout the night. And this event that you're describing, you know, this presence of God, it's really difficult to understand unless one has ever experienced what you're talking about. You mentioned that they've done this before. You put out an article and it it describes a a 1970 move in Asbury that would have some similarities, right? Absolutely. Uh, You know, I was was on a revival campus, I mean a, a campus in a small Baptist school in arkansas washita baptist and uh when that struck in asbury and we had been praying there had been all night prayer meetings on our campus of course it was just it was a preparatory work of god that you always see before gray awakenings uh in many places happening and and we heard about this it was just a a match to a nation 
filled with <laughs> gasoline, if you would. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and on our campus, uh, revival broke out, uh, that day. Uh, and so what's interesting about Asbury is that it has this history in the thirties, twice in the fifties. And then in 1970, this happened again. And so you, you have a environment uh that is well cultivated and you have leaders that understand this and know how to make room for it and not and not quench the revival Uh, on our campus uh in the 70s after canceling classes one day and god moving and the chapel being filled they uh our leaders of our campus at that moment shut it down and uh, I think just quench the spirit. Uh, we have leaders there now that would not do that. But but I think what you see at at Asbury is men who who understand the ways of God enough to let it loose when it comes, and not try to push it. There's no manipulation. There's no you know you get the sense that. Uh, well, we don't want to go one minute longer than we should, and we're not limited to this. This is just one expression of what God is doing. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a beautiful thing to watch. I know that uh, you study this whole thing, and you have studied it for many years, Bill. Give us a little bit about your background. Well, uh, I'm a I'm a Baptist pastor, and. Uh, uh, but in the 70s, when that happened on our campus, uh, I got a taste of the manifest presence of God. And I just realized God can do more in five minutes than 50 years of our best human effort. So I've just never been the same. And so I began to study uh, revival and spiritual awakening. It's just been the principal study of my life and began to seek that in the churches where the Lord uh, let me pastor. I, I traveled for several years with with uh, a ministry uh, that was devoted to revival and spiritual awakening. Uh, so I saw a lot of that movement in churches. Um, and then uh, in 2011, uh, after an intense time of fasting and praying by our church, one Sunday the Lord just came in the middle of a service when I was preaching on the quenching of the spirit and, uh, and just a revival broke out and it lasted for five weeks every night for three to four hours. And, uh, so we just saw it, you know, and I, and, and what's fascinating is it's very, what, what we experienced in those moments was almost identical to what I'm sensing in the room here in Hughes Auditorium. It wasn't wild, it wasn't crazy. It was mm-hmm. just this gentle, precious moving of God uh, marked by fervent worship, uh, current testimonies of God's work, uh, salvation, spiritual, emotional, and here at Hughes, even physical healings that are occurring, but that's not the dominant theme of this by a long shot. It's the glory of God that's the theme. And uh, and uh, repentance and confession of sin and and both in what we experience in that moment and what I'm watching here, marked by just constant prayer. It's like a it's like a a, a long prayer meeting. <laughs> mm. uh, I have a, a friend Daniel Henderson who always talks about uh, spirit led. Uh, scripture-fed, worship-based prayer. And I love that definition. That's what's happening. It's spirit-led, it's worship-based, uh, and it's it's scripture-fed. There's a lot of scripture. One day, Saturday, on, on Saturday, for about an hour, they opened the microphones and just read scripture. No comments, just scripture. Mm. And uh, it was so powerful. There's preaching that's happened here every night. Somebody on social media said, well, there's no preaching. It can't be of God. They're not here. There's been preaching throughout the day by in moments. And then they've had, they've had a scheduled guy that's come every night. Uh, 
just on the as they've sensed the Lord uh, had a word that He wanted to say to the to the group, and so it's just all the things that you see in Acts two are happening are happening here. So I that's why I've been fervent in my pursuit of this and written a couple of books on that about the presence centered church. How do you invite, how do you build a church that invites the presence of God? Because with the presence of God, you've got everything, but without the presence of God, you've got absolutely nothing That's right. <laughs> that matters, you know? So how do we, I, I've never, I, I had never really not wrote it. It's not because I wanted to write it. It's just, I'd never seen a book. I've, I've seen many books about the mechanics of church growth and all that. It's wonderful, helpful, fine. I've never seen a book about how do we build a church where God is pleased to dwell mm-hmm. that, that would invite his presence. And that's why 10 years ago, when, when some other friends of mine, Byron Paulus and Bob Bakke and some others, uh, wanted to start an initiative to help stimulate revival, uh, we began uh, One Cry. And One Cry is just a, just a, uh, an initiative to try to call the church to what really matters and to, to resource the church and pastors and individuals uh, for revival, for the purpose of a revival and awakening. Now, you mentioned something I want to go back to for a moment, and that was your personal experience in the 70s when you had mm-hmm. that, what you called, once you had tasted revival, once you had tasted or mm-hmm. experienced this uh, presence of God. Can you go back and elaborate on that? We've got a couple of minutes before our first break, and then we'll yeah. continue on. But I would love to hear uh, the, your explanation of that. <laughs> well, when... when uh... When God walks into the room and manifests himself, which means just he decides to display himself with clarity and greater unmistakable visibility. Uh, and I'm not talking about physically manifest. I'm just talking about his presence. You, you can't be proud. You just... You, you... Touches the heart, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and 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 so when you have a room full of people that have come to the end of themselves and have laid aside their pride and are surrendering their rights to the Lord, then God uh, flows through that. The environment changes. The atmosphere is different. There's no asserting of ourselves. There's no nobody trying to take glory, and uh, which is what ruins most gatherings. You know, there's no manipulation, and the hallmark of that, interestingly enough, is the love of God. Every every movement of God. I, I was in a movement in 1986 in our church in Norman where a two-week planned meeting with Life Action Ministries went into a third and a fourth week. Mm-hmm. And I was a young pastor, and what amazed me is how the level of love that we experienced, that I had not—I I, I only felt it a few other times. And you just, you know, you wanted to be with people. You weren't rushing to get home to watch TV. You weren't saying, man, that person really bugs me. There's confession, there's clearing of conscience, oh. your conscience, uh, you know, all those things that should be normal Christianity. Hey, hold that thought right there. I want to pick that okay. up after the break. Bill Ellis, right. senior pastor of Summit Church, North Little Rock, my guest. I'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. 
Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Oh my, this is really good. I got uh, Pastor Bill Elif on the line with me. And it's my first time to get to talk to this man. I found him through a mutual friend, Wayne Shepherd, uh, from the public square, who uh, I noticed Wayne's note on Facebook and that you had written this uh, article and it is posted on Facebook. And how can people read that? Uh, well, you can uh, go on to Facebook or you can go directly to my blog. I just posted it there at BillElliff.org, E-L-L-I-F-F, uh, or or you can you know look me up on Facebook. Uh, I just posted it there so we could get it out easily. Uh, it would also, I think it's also posted on OneCry.com, uh, which is a ministry I'm a part of too. Um, so, and I'm about to put a second uh, post out of just further observations about what I've been seeing the last 48 hours or so here at Asbury. And I think it's so incredible that you're still there. And thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know you're getting ready to transition and head back to Arkansas, but thank you for spending this time with us. We were talking about the way you've been personally impacted and the way that just what it does to you. It's so moving for me to hear you give your eyewitness account because that cannot be denied. I don't care if there are critics out there, Bill, and we know there will always be critics. But regardless of denominational background, regardless of one's upbringing, when the Spirit of God falls into a room, the what you're describing, uh, it does. It changes everything. It changes the atmosphere. It, and, and let's talk for a moment about the response of the heart that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. I know that you were touching a little bit on that. If we can go mm-hmm. back to that. Well, every time in my life over the last 50 years, since the first, with the Jesus movement was when this all began for me. Um, And every time I've been in environments where the presence of God has, has made himself very known, uh, you know, it just, if you are a, a hungry heart, now if you're proud and arrogant and you and you think you know better than God, it could pass you by. I mean, I there there are many accounts of places where in in national revival that were happening, and we've had five uh, of these across American history that were nationwide of, of places where uh, you know the people thought they knew better than God, and and God said, okay, I'm. I'll go on. I can't do nothing there because of their unbelief, you know, but other places where hearts are open and hungry and, and humble, uh, God just explodes in their presence and, uh, and it, and it changes everything. And I think what, what's I've noticed here at Asbury, um, that's been really beautiful is because, because this school has been known for this in the past, has experienced in the past, they have people here in the leadership who really know how to set the sails for this and how to steward it once it comes. So, so I've, I've watched this wise leadership, you know, this is a college. So, so they love students and they're, I think, 1700 students on this campus and these leaders are dedicating their life to equip these students but they so wisely understand that this is not about mere academics the greatest equipping would come from them encountering god in a very real way yes yes and being and and leaving this seminary full of god I was reading Acts 6 just yesterday in my devotional reading and and about Stephen. And I think four times it says 
know, choose men full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. Stephen was full of grace. He was full of power. The word full, you know, he was just full of God. And 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 he even as he was martyred, he's he's asking the Lord to forgive them. He was full of forgiveness. Well, that's just God. That's somebody that is full of God. This auditorium right now is just full of God. Hmm. These students are just full of God. And because of that, it's it's spreading. And it's God has the freedom to do what he always wants to do if we give him the time and attention to do it. And these and these pastors here on campus are shepherding that very, very well. It sounds like they are. And what is uh, how does that break down with the normal activities, the normal class schedule? How is that uh, being altered because of this? Well, they've canceled classes. Wow. I mean, from Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday, and Friday, I assume they're canceled today. I, I haven't heard, uh, but they've canceled classes. They may begin them again, but um, you know, many uh, the, the 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 point of that is these administrators realize this is class. <laughs> That's right. The, the, this is the most important thing that they could receive, and so uh, that just is, uh, you know, that's just wisdom. Yeah. And uh, of the most important education we could pro- possibly get, and then in the room, the the leaders are over to the sides. Uh, just practically, there's there's various worship teams that are coming up, just rotating in, leading worship. It's all student led. There's no fog machines or lights. It's just a piano and a guitar. They're not even putting words on the screen because they don't seem to be needed. They they uh, they're singing contemporary songs, but also hymns that are being interspersed. Uh, and then occasionally, one of the pastors, the campus pastor here, particularly, will come to the mic and say, "Okay, for the we just sense the need for corporate prayer, so we're just going to pray." And then he'll lead us in that, or we we sense the need to open the microphones for testimonies. And here's the ABCs. Uh, all glory to God, be brief and be, be current. You know, they're just giving people need instruction in moments like this. Yes. And, and wise is the pastor that learns how to do that, you know? And I think some of the aberrations that you might see at other times is because you don't have wise men that are, uh, who understand the ways of God and who have the heart of God and who lead it well. You know, I love that picture from Psalm 23, which is very special to us at the Shepherd. Obviously, our name bears the heart of uh, that is drawn from that about the Good Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. know that he leads us besides the still waters. And then there are mm-hmm. there are times that we're we're before our enemies, but even then he's with us. So that that sense of leading is important mm. in both of those times. But uh, I tell you, this is so exciting to hear. And you, you know what, you know what, if I can interrupt you. Yes. What, what's fascinating, I, I've lo- a, a, a godly mentor to me, Manly Beasley, once said, Bill, the mark of a godly man is that everything he does is God-initiated. And I was reading in John uh, during that time, and five or six times from John 5 to 16, Jesus, as a man, said, I do nothing of my own initiative. What I see my father doing, that's what I do. What I hear him saying, that's what I'm saying. So Jesus was praying without ceasing, of course. And so what he became was this channel for heaven and for heaven's leadership. Mm. So what I'm watching in the room is men who are not manipulating the movement, men who are just facilitating, and, and they're, they've got an ear to heaven and an ear to the room, and they're listening to the Lord, and they're praying. I see them over there on the side just praying constantly, and and they're sensing the movement of God and then letting so I've often said the Holy Spirit is a really good leader. 
Yes, he I is. Mean, he, he's just really good. <laughs> but we don't let him lead. You know, we've got uh, our little program. We figured it out. Uh, so wise leadership is God initiated. And is just, and if, if we if we humbly look to him and listen to him and be willing to change the wineskin or do whatever he prompts us, you know, in the middle of a service, uh, then God has the freedom to, to lead. And it's always better than what we could have uh, come up with. Uh, you're describing what I know so many have been praying for, desiring. I know there are pastors. And, and you know, this. if I've learned one thing in the experiences that I've had, Bill, it's that this kind of move, you know, all we can do to, to help bring this over is to pray to God for his visit, the way that mm-hmm. he is visiting Asbury right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, this is not manipulated. This is not just said, you don't start a real revival by just declaring a state of, uh, 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 like of meetings that are going to be coming up and ever, held every night. It doesn't happen that way. And, and then there's this thing that you've described as the stewardship. I want you to address that, if you will, for a moment. How can pastors, once this happens, and we pray it happens many places, not just mm-hmm. Asbury, but once it happens, how should pastors steward that? Well, uh, and I think it is about to happen. I, I think, you know, the uh, the uh, the little receptionist down here in the hotel on campus, the first day she said, we don't have any rooms left. And then she said something really profound. She said, we were not prepared for revival. Wow. <laughs> And our hotel, you know, and I thought, boy, how, how true is that? Mm. So I, I think, uh, if I were a pastor, for instance, and I long for this, I would also listen and watch, listen to men who've experienced this, read, study, understand the ways of God. But also I think there, there, there are men among us who, uh, God is raising up to help help give leadership. And so wise is the pastor that gets ready. And, and don't, I, well, what you said, I think is so critical. This cannot be manipulated. It cannot be, uh, it cannot be forced. Uh, you know, I, I had a guy make a suggestion to me about something. I thought, no, no. Let's just let the Lord organically uh, do this. Let's pray and let's ask for him to come. And then let's be ready. I'll give you an illustration just practically. Here, here's a pastor in a church, and he's, and he's in a worship service, and all of a sudden the Lord just shows up in the middle of a song. You know, mm-hmm. or what, is he, what does he do? Does he does he just just go on to the next song just or does he step to the microphone have an understanding with his worship leader and pause and say folks I, I hope you realize now that the Lord has just walked into this room mm. and you help your people understand what that was because they they sense that too and then what are we going to do about that and it may be he opens the altar and 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 uh, the altar floods with people, maybe in that he opens the microphone at times uh, to uh, to let the people. And, and it's very important. I wrote a little article once on shepherding the microphone. <laughs> I think it's a wise thing to just shepherd the microphone. And that's what we do as leaders, you know. But to give freedom to that expression, because the body, it's a body. It needs to talk. It needs to breathe, and uh, uh, but also it needs to be shepherded well. So yeah. understanding those things, and you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I preached a little message once on the preparatory work of God. If you go back and study, um, there's a beautiful little book by R. P. Jones called Rent Heavens. And he was in the Welsh Revival, and 20 years later, when it was being criticized, he wrote this book, and he said, I was there. 
and and described it. There are two chapters in there where he talks about what God was doing in the in the ten years leading up to that revival. I went back and studied that. That's happened at every Great Awakening. First Great Awakening, second, mm-hmm. 1857. God starts raising up new voices. Uh, the message of repentance and even judgment uh, is begins to be more predominant. The, the role of the Holy Spirit, which is most of the time forgotten. There's a desperation that leads to prayer. I think this is what we're seeing in what makes me believe, uh, you know, uh, Jim Simbola said to me one time, he said, you know, when, when people began praying again, that is revival <laughs> because we're not praying. About right. Prayer. Right. Oh, that is so good. We've got about a minute left. I know you've got to go and you've been so gracious to give us this time out of your schedule this morning, but I know our listeners are blessed, man. I am touched. I've got tears in my eyes. This is something we're praying for. And it is something that I pray that it is as great as it is for Asbury. We're all saying, Lord, let it break out here. Come, O Lord, to our community. Come to our church. That can be a prayer that we should be praying, right? I know that uh, I know Jim's book, which he is a man of prayer. And I I read that years ago. Uh, His uh, his experience is the same. That's that's the preparation that we can that we can take before, but then during, we want to respond as pastors, just the way you said, let's recognize the the spirit of God when he falls, when he comes into that room, as you said. Amen. And you don't have to come to Asbury to get that. The same God is in your city. The same God is waiting, knocking at the door of your church saying, let me in. Hmm. And if you open the door, I will come in and I will fellowship with you. And uh, so uh, learn from Asbury, but lead your people to cry out to God with humility and brokenness and surrender and just see what God will do. And it's no accident to me also that on the 22nd of this month, the film about the Jesus revolution is coming out. Uh, written by a dear friend, John Irwin, who understands this. The next day, February 23rd, is the Collegiate National Day of Prayer, which for a year has been has been planned by my friend Bob Bakke to be produced right from Asbury Center. Isn't College. that something? Wow. Yeah, no, no coincidence. No coincidence. Bill, I look forward, if at all possible, to check in with you again in a little while, like in a couple of weeks or earlier, if uh, sure this thing. continues. Thank you for being with me on these segments. Oh, my joy. And uh, may he come yes. in power. I love it. I love it. Bill Elliff from Summit Church in North Little Rock. We'll be back in a moment with more on Asbury coming up. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses were offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again now for segment three, and on the line with me is Joanna Liston. I saw Joanna's name on a thread, and she not only is from the Lexington area, she has contacts and heard about what's going on at Asbury, and she went herself. So Joanna Liston, welcome to my program. Hi, thank you for having me. So you were there. It's so great to have you on the line. And I saw your Facebook post. You not only were there, but you had your phone going and you took some videos of what's going on. People can actually see with their own eyes. Uh, And I know this is something I I just would love to hear your thoughts and what happened to you when you were you were there. Sure. I will try to keep it brief. There's so much um, (laughs) that I could say, but. Um, yes, I took a short little, a couple little short video clips because you just, you want to remember the moment, you know, but at the same time you want to absorb it. So I didn't, you know, I didn't do a lot of videoing. Um, but yes, so I actually heard about it through a friend's Facebook post that connected with the school 
And so I just saw that and thought, oh my gosh, because, you know, we've been praying for revival. I mean, I think a lot of believers, right? A lot of believers are praying for revival in our country. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. And and so, um, and I'm a daughter of a pastor, a local pastor, and my dad's been praying for revival for like 30 years. And so it's just been on my heart too. Um, so when I saw the post that chapel's still going and and I knew about the revival that happened at Asbury in 1970. So when I saw that, I thought, okay, what's, you know, this is, is this happening again? Like I've been hoping God would let me see revival in my lifetime. Yes. Um, so I, I told my husband, we were out with the kids and he's so sweet. He's like, yes, go. So we, we got home and got the kids in bed. And then I went around, I guess I got there around 9 PM Thursday night. So that would have been like a full day and a half that it had been going. Um, and yeah, I walked in, it wasn't packed at that point. It was about maybe halfway full. Um, but the, it's just such a sweet, sweet spirit there. And you walk in and it's just this peace for me. Um, the peace just overwhelmed me. And I just crept up to the balcony and stood in the back because I just kind of wanted to observe, like, what is God doing? Um, and just immediately just was drawn in myself to the worship and the prayer. And it, it's almost like it takes, <laughs> it almost takes like an hour to just settle because there's so, it's so good that you're just observing everything. And I ended up staying till about 11 PM Thursday. Um, and at that point they said they were going to continue through the night, um, for anyone that wanted to stay. And I, as you know, I had to get home to the family, but, but then I went back a couple times. Um, but what I observed that I think is so special is that there's no one person in charge. I think a lot of times we hear of, we plan revivals, right? In Christian circles and it's come to our revival. So-and-so's preaching, so-and-so's doing worship. There will be these things happening. <clears throat> and we have this plan of how God's gonna move through who he's gonna move through. But going there was like, there was nobody in charge. The, um, the worship is so sweet and so, um, it wasn't about a show, just a few students with instruments um, and microphones. There were no words on a screen. There's no plan of this song is next, but yet everyone is joining in. It's just the spirit of God. And one thing, one person said that I think this is what I observed, I think is so true, is that it's like Jesus is governing it because mm. it's not chaotic. It's not, um, it's, it's very fluid. It's like you see people moving in and out of the room constantly. Um, and there are pockets of people praying and people singing and reading their Bibles. Um, but it's not chaotic, you know, it's just the, the Jesus is just governing it. Um, so that's what I think is so beautiful. And then there are times of testimony. Um, sometimes a campus pastor or leader will share scripture there'll be calls to salvation. I witnessed some salvations when I was there, um, people being prayed over and ministered to. Um, and I think when I, I'm out of breath because I'm so excited. That's good. <laughs> Talking about it. Um, it's such a good, um, I'm just so grateful to have experienced it, but you know, I think I, it's interesting. I have been talking with friends, you know, local friends, and a lot of my friends are going and experiencing it too. But there's sometimes there's a hesitancy, I think, with certain people. And I don't know what that is, but if it's that we're skeptical or that we're nervous about seeing something we're not comfortable with, I don't, I don't know what that is. But um, I think that, I think that it's for everyone, not just those seeking to be, to know God, like, uh, like a new experience can become saved. I think it's for believers too, because um, <clears throat> I think God's people need to be revived, right? We're I tired, agree. Yes. We're distracted. We're, um, consumed with jobs and whatever. We <laughs> and, need, um, we need revival is what you're yes, saying. Yes. It, it's not just that people need to come to know God for the first time. Of course we want to see salvation, but like it's for believers too, that need 
a fresh outpouring of God's goodness in their life and to refocus, right? Right. You know, I had uh, uh, Bill Eliff, Pastor Bill Eliff, on uh, just before you in our last couple of segments, and he was talking about this whole tangible presence that you're describing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how that it, the, the only really the only real way we can ever prepare for it is through prayer and crying yeah. out to God. So first of all, thank uh, thank your dad for us, for yes. praying for all yes. those years. <laughs> yes, I will. And, and to anyone else who has been praying. And then yes. secondly, I know you would agree with this. May this uh, continue for so ever how long that the Lord wants this amen. to move. And yes, may amen. it grow and, and just cover our nation, mm-hmm. which is hurting mm-hmm. right now. We need yes. revival. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for being there, Joanna. And yes, uh, thank I know you for you, having me to share. That, uh, for taking the time out. I know you've got uh, responsibilities uh, as being <laughs> sure. a, a mom and, and yeah. uh, your family. And, and yet here you are it's taking this time with us. Uh, I'm so grateful to hear just what you said. It's the spirit of God moving yes, and he's the one who is leading And that's very clear. May God continue to do it. Joanna Liston, my guest, thank you for being with me. Thank you. All right, we're going to switch lines right now and go to a friend for many years back. Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm not even going to date that. That's too many years ago. I have on the line Sherry Rogers-Holt. It is so great, Sherry, to talk with you. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's great to talk with you as well. I know we've known each other for many years now. Sherry, you're part of Evangel World Prayer Center that is was originally pastored by your dad, you and your brother Bob have been friends for many years. I have experiences with Bob when uh, he took me flying in his airplane that still to this day, I thank God I'm still alive. And I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just recently flew with him. I, I wouldn't fly with him for years. <laughs> but I, I flew with him, unfortunately, to a cousin's uh, funeral. And I saw that. I, I said, Bob, you're you're actually a very good pilot. I think he's a uh, lost some of his daredevil uh stunts yeah uh, since the last time i flew 100 years ago with him so you anyway. posted a video that was classic though sherry you had your <laughs> eyes wide open and it was like oh dear god <laughs> it was yeah. crazy well now uh, on the subject of the day you have not personally been down to this revival that's going on and I think that's what it's already being called. I mean, and I think that's what it appears to be. And we're praying that it takes off as much more than just a local uh, Asbury revival. May God do this everywhere. Yes. That's our prayer. But I know that yes. you are affected and you have friends that are in that area. Tell us about uh, how this is impacting even you. Well, we're we're so excited. You know that area of the state is uh, where it's it's in that region where the Cane Ridge revival took place. Oh, oh goodness, what was yes. that? Was you know well well over a hundred years ago, one hundred fifty years ago, something like that. And um, someone asked me, "What's up with that?" A friend of mine in Australia said, "What is up with that part of the state?" I said, "It's one of two things. They're all things are birthed by prayer. There are always people that are praying and asking God to invade our space and do what needs to be done to bring an awakening. So I'm sure there are people that are still praying for that. But sometimes a a, a heavenly portal gets opened because of God's mercy and because of people's prayers. And so I've often wondered if that's what's going on because in my lifetime, I'm 65 years old. In my lifetime, Asbury, which is just a normal denominational theological seminary and university, but Asbury has had three unprecedented moves of God. One in the 1960s, uh, and some of the ministers I grew up knowing and missionaries I grew up knowing came out of that 1960. 1959 outpouring. I was, I remember I was about three years old when some of them left there and came to our church. And then 1970 was another uh, great outpouring where for several days, yes, 24 seven. And now this has started again. And, and I think what is amazing to me is the way God sets us up 
he will tell us, and he did this even in through scripture, he would tell what was going to happen. You know, he, he told, he, he explained to, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel are going to be, you're going to move down to Egypt and you're going to be there for 400 years and you're going to, I'm going to bring you out to the land, I promise. He gave them the bottom line of what was going to happen. And often God will speak through prophetic words as well as his own written word. And in 2001, Dutch Sheets, who's a, a great, are you familiar with Dutch Sheets? I am. Is yes, the, I am. Yeah. So he's he's a strong prophetic uh, voice. And he was, this was right after 9-11. And he was in uh, somebody's uh, church. He'd been asked to come and speak. And he, while he was speaking, he said, I start as if a film went off on the back wall. I started having this vision. And he started seeing several campuses, places of learning, mm -hmm. uh, universities, colleges. And he saw young people flocking to the altar in these various locations. And finally, he just had to, to stop and say what he was seeing and begin to describe it. And the description went on for a half hour. But what he saw was a time that was coming to our nation that would be led by young people where there was a great returning to God and a great oh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, great re repentance. All great revivals are marked with repentance, are marked with humility. Yes. And that is what, that's what started down here at, at Asbury on February the 8th in a chapel service. 20 kids felt impressed to stay after. They just were hungry. By that evening, 100 kids had gathered. And now ministries are coming. There have been no less, no less than 15 to 20 campuses. And I'm talking secular campuses as well as Christian universities that have sent either representatives or busloads of people there. Wow. Praying that God will do in them and back in their campus what he's doing there at Asbury. And last week I read the account of a man who is a, uh, in the admin of Ohio Christian University, and he drove down to see what was going on, hungry for God to do that at their campus. He stated when he got out of his car, there was a strong presence of God there. And as he was there in the chapel at Asbury, revival broke out at Ohio Christian, where he had just come from. Mm. And so we're starting to hear uh, people came from Oral Roberts University, from the University of Kentucky, which is certainly a secular school. We're starting to hear reports of even moves of God on, at, on UK's campus. So Praise I'm God. extremely excited. And as a matter of fact, I have plans to go down in a couple of days myself Wonderful. and see what's going on. Yeah. Well, I let us know what you find when you go, Sherry. This is really great. Sherry Holt from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. She is part of the team at Evangel World Prayer Center there. Say hello to Bob for me, if you will. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Love that guy so much. Love you too, Sherry. And friends, that's all the time. Continue to pray. Just like Sherry said, great revivals always begin with prayer. Let's pray for revival. Come, Lord, quickly. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.